<laughs> That's okay. So tonight, um, we're going to just pick up with where we left off, and uh, next week, Sharon is going to be teaching and uh, be sharing in the service. Uh, I'll be here, obviously. We're going to go back and forth, but I wanted to, I didn't get to finish up what we were getting into last week, and, um, you know, as we're just talking about some of the things that get in the way of our faith that, that we have to work out, and I talked to you last week um, quite a bit about 2 Timothy 2.15 was our verse um, where we talked about how that he says in the King James Version, um, study to show yourself approved unto men, um, unto God, excuse me, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we talked about how that the word dividing there doesn't mean it's an engineering term, civil engineering actually. And it's a reference to the idea of preparing the way, of clearing a pathway. And uh, so a couple different verses that we had. Um, this is the, I think that's the Lexham uh, translation. Um, but it says, make every effort to present yourself approved to God. A worker having no need to be ashamed, guiding the word of truth along a straight path. So there's that idea of that dividing is about cleaning up the area so we can get through to get where we need to go. So what we have to do when we're studying our Bibles, when we're looking for verses and when we're, when we're going to be standing on promises from the Word of God is that we, we dig in so that we are clearing away the things, the difference between what is true and what is truth. And we spent quite a bit of time talking about that last week, so I'm not going to go back through all of that again. That probably helped me more... Um, than anything was doing that breakdown. I was in a meeting, as I shared a little bit last week, with Buddy Harrison, who is, uh, was, uh, he's in heaven now, but it's Kenneth Hagin's um, son-in-law, um, and that he was teaching about how the veracity of Scripture, how that we are, God expects of us to go through, to go through the Scripture, to look at it, what's true, what's truth, we're clearing the way of what it might be true, but is not necessarily the truth, and so that we can stand upon the truth. And if we don't, it, there are things that if we don't really use that as our, our basis in looking at the Scripture, that actually it could look like there are contradictions, but when you finally get down and do the digging into it and you really study it out, you find out there are no contradictions. The Bible is not contradictory. Um, but it's our understanding that's contradictory. And so, you know, when you have someone telling a story and it's their perception, even though God inspired them to write it down, remember, God isn't going to make their perception different to fit his narrative. They're still going to tell the story the way they saw it. So, I mean, because that would be a violation of will, wouldn't it? That God would make someone, you know, it's not... It's like some people think that when it talks about the scriptures inspired and that it's, you know, that God moved on men to write it, that it's like automatic writing. And automatic writing is a demonic thing. It's not a biblical thing. Automatic writing, if you've ever met, heard about it, it's where someone actually sits down and it's kind of like the Ouija board kind of a thing. And they just start writing stuff out and spelling out words and, and start giving all this stuff. And they're saying the Spirit is controlling what I'm writing. Okay, that is not how your Bible was written. That God just grabbed hold of the individual and said, give me your hand. And just they, 
No, he used them and he flowed through them, inspired, breathed into them what, he want, what they needed to put down. And as they wrote that out, as they, as they began to put all of that out, they put it out through their own personality. When you read the Gospels, if you take a look at the Gospels, you have, you have really the same truth that's in all four Gospels, but it's coming from different perspective. So, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week. You know, Mark... Mark was not with Jesus. He was not one of the original 12. Mark came alongside with, is somebody at the door out there? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Mark, uh, you know, Mark was with, Mark's gospel is considered Peter's gospel, that he traveled with Peter and that he put the narrative down of what he, what Peter would tell about Jesus, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, John, of course, he was with Jesus, but his perception is definitely a much more heavenly perspective of things. Luke was a physician who traveled with Paul. Luke is not an original apostle. And so he traveled with Paul. He would have the things that Paul was telling him about, the narratives that Paul was revealing to him. He would write those out, but in much more detail than anybody else did. And so then you have Matthew, who is the same, who Matthew, uh, the way that, he pers- way that he revealed, really revealed Jesus, the way the Spirit used him to reveal Jesus was from the perspective of being a Jewish believer. And so there's a lot of references to Judaism in Matthew's gospel. Doesn't mean that one is better than the other. Doesn't mean that one is more true than the other. It just means that it's coming, it's God breathing and inspiring. Now, it's important for us to recognize that as we're developing our faith, because if we don't, there will always be these little things that will keep trying to catch us up in what we're believing God for. And we want to make sure that we're protecting our, that we're actually getting down what is the truth in these particular, you know, like some people will say, well, in Luke's gospel, he talks about two blind men, and in Matthew's gospels, there's only one blind man. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. If there were two blind men, was there one blind man? So does it really matter? See, because what we're looking for is the truth. We're not looking for we... Are you all with me right now? So we could get all caught up in that going, well, it's just it's contradictory because it said there's two here and there's one there. Well... I still remember that one plus one equals two, and so we're okay. It's going to be fine. If you look at the amplified version of this verse, and I think I put that, we've got that up there. It says, study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God, approved, tested by trial, a workman that has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Weiss translation says it like this, bend your every effort to present yourself to God, approved, a workman, unashamed, expounding soundly the word of truth. So it's our responsibility as a believer to divide, to rightly divide, to clear the way for the truth in our lives. Now the great news, and this is what we want to get into next, is, is that We have an ally to help us with that, and that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has inspired the Bible, so the Holy Spirit will also inspire that word to us. Jesus told us in John's gospel that the Spirit would lead us into all truth, into all truth. 
So I want to talk with you tonight in our time about the idea of the, the, the idea of the word and how it becomes truth in our lives, how it becomes truth to us personally in our lives. There are two words that are used in the, in the New Testament for the, word, for the word word, okay? And those two words are the word logos and the word rhema. So you can go ahead and do that next slide, Greg, if you want to. Logos and rhema. So let me tell you a couple of places where you might, where you might find the word logos. In John's gospel, in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. In the Greek language, it's the, in the beginning was the logos, and the logos was with God. All right? So when we talk about the word logos in the Greek, what the definition of that is, is that the logos is the full expression. So if you get a Strong's Concordance, if you happen to have one of those, or you get online, go to Blue Letter Bible's really great with this kind of stuff. There, there's all kinds of free resources, and you can do a study on this. But the word logos is a full expression, okay? It's the full. So when it says, in the beginning was the word, the full expression of God was in the beginning. It's always been there. The full expression of who God is, what God has, and what God will do is is manifested in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the full expression of the word for you and I. He is, he is that full personification of the word to our lives. The rhema, when the word rhema is used, so we said that it, the, the word logos, one place is in John 1.1. 1, 1. If you go to like uh, Ephesians chapter 6, passage that you'll be familiar with where it talks about putting on the whole armor of God, right? Well, it talks about in there about putting on the armor, and so you put on the, 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 the girdle of truth, you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you put on, um, you, you, you shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, you have on your head the helmet of salvation, and you take up the shield of faith, which is the word of God, the word of God, all right? So when he talks about, when he says there, take up the shield of faith, and he talks about this sword of the Spirit, the mighty word of God, both of those places are a reference to this word right here, rhema, not logos. Logos being the full expression. What he's saying is, is that, and we put this up here for you to see, that rhema is the manifestation of that word in our lives. All right? It's the manifestation of that word in our lives. And we'll look at this from a couple of different ways. You could say it like this. The logos of God is like a, is like a well of water. The rhema of God, the word of God, is like a bucket out of that well, okay? So we all agree that there's a well, which is the full expression, the well. But the well, to be beneficial for the individual, we have to put a bucket in there, which is the manifestation of what is in the well. We could, you know, that's why a lot of, I say a lot, it's not true that it's a lot, but, you know, for Christians, the, more, the most they've ever experienced of God is the logos of God, the full expression. They, I mean, it, they believe in God. They believe there is a God. They believe he's all power. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's, uh, you know, all those different aspects about God. But that's talking about the well. Okay, 
But because we believe in, if just because we believe the, in the well, that there's this fullness of the well, it doesn't really do any difference to us until we are able to draw from that well into our lives, which is the manifestation or the rhema. So when you look at like, in fact, if you have your Bible, turn to Ephesians 6 with me because I want you to see this, Ephesians chapter 6. Um, and that, Greg, I don't have that up there, so Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, we're going to look at um, verse 10 here, 10 and down if you would. So when he talks about taking up the whole armor of God in verse 13, he says that you could be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So what does the word of God help us do? It helps us to stand, right? So we're able to come against the enemy. And then he goes on there towards the end and he says that, Verse 16, and above all, taking the shield of faith, which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So contextually, as you think about that verse, which is the Word of God, what is that saying for you and I? We do not do battle with the logos of God, the general idea about God. So we don't do, we don't do battle that way. The way we do battle is with the manifestation of that word, the rhema word of God in our life. Now, I'll give you a great story with this, okay? So we're going to, we're having a Bible study with a couple in, Mer in uh, they're from uh, West Virginia. Um, what's the town? Williamstown. Williamstown. Gary and Nancy Cooper. And Gary has had this thing happen where this nerve is pinched in his face. It's swollen up. He got a, an infection. And it swole up, and so his whole side of his face, it's called Bell's palsy, I think is what they call it. And so the whole side of his face goes just totally numb. His eye droops, his mouth droops, looks like he's had a stroke is what, on one side of his face. So his face goes into this whole deal where he's drooping and he's drooling and his eyes all messed up and it's drying out because he can't blink and he's having all these problems. So he goes to the doctor. And the doctor tells him, said, Gary, we, we'll, we'll try to do a few things. A lot of times this will go away, but the longer that you have it, the worse it'll get, and it may not go away, all right? So we listened to Gary and, you know, and talked with him and, you know, about it, and Gary said, we got in Bible study with him, and Gary says, well, I'm just believing God that this is going to go away, okay? Isn't that what he said? He, he said, Nancy and I, we're believing God that this Bell's palsy is going to go away. And our first response back to him was, what scriptures are you believing? Because remember, the logos of God, the word, the general, what we're talking about here, the full expression of the word, which is in John chapter 1, verse 1, the manifestation, that full manifestation, where he's saying, I'm believing God, but you don't do battle with what with logos, because that's the, that's the well, right? We don't need the well. We need what's in the well. So I got to pull out of the well a, a bucket here. And so we said to him, all right, Gary, what specifically are you standing on? And his first response back to us is, I don't have any verses that I'm standing on. 
And you know, I find a lot of Christians that that would be where they're at in their faith, that they, look, I'm not demeaning that, they believe in the logos, but we do warfare with the rhema, not with the logos. So we, we need to know what the mighty word of God is for our, the sword, because that's, that's our sword that we're, that we're using. And I don't have time to get into all of that on the sword. Maybe another time we'll do it. But what's cool is, is that it's a double-edged sword. So there's two things it does. One, it attacks your enemy. But the second thing is, is it helps clean you up as well. It keeps your thought life straightened out. You know, when it's a double-edged sword, both sides are not for your enemy. One side's for you to deal with you, and the other side's to deal with your adversary, okay? So, is this too difficult? I'm not trying to make this complicated. So, we have this logos word, you know, that in the beginning was the word. Gary's like, I'm just believing God for a miracle. I said, Gary, that's awesome that you're believing God. What scripture... I don't have any. I don't even know where to look for those verses. So Sharon and I, we did. We wrote out a list of verses for Gary. We said, all right, here's what you need to do. We're going to give you, and we went down through the line. We went to Matthew 8, 17. We went to Isaiah 53, 5. We went to, first, we went to Psalm 107, 20. We went through 1 Peter 2, 24. We went to all those verses, we, and we said, Gary, what we want you to do is we want you to write all those verses down on a card. And every day, when you think about it, we want you to believe God. See, because what did we do? We've gone from the full expression to the manifestation. And look, it's great to believe in the full expression. We, the whole Bible is the full expression. It's all of who God is and what God has and what God will do. But for it to work in our lives, we have to pull the bucket out of the well. And that's where we have individual verses that we're bringing to ourselves, individual words that God is speaking to us. So Gary Gary's did it. I mean, he, I mean, we were surprised, but he actually did it, and he wrote them all down. And so we had Bible study the next week with him. And he said, well, Pastor and Sharon, he said, um, when we're driving, they had to drive up to Wheeling, I think it was, to Wheeling, West Virginia, to his doctor. And he said, the whole way up there, Nancy reads, these, or Nancy reads these verses to me, and then I say them out loud with her. And we say them over and over. We just keep, we just keep saying, by his, you know, by his stripes I'm healed. And, and so what's he doing? He's doing warfare. He's doing, he's doing battle for, in his own mind, and he's also doing battle against his adversary. So as he's, as he's going through this process, he gets to the doctor, and the doctor tells him, Gary, your chances of recovery have gone down. I'm sorry. And we're just like, you know, because we're just kind of trying to figure out where he's at. And so he comes, we come to Bible study with him. He says, the doctor told me that my chances of recovery have not, now gone. They're like down to 10% of this ever turning around now because I've had it too long. And so we were like, okay. But, and, and then I heard it, and I knew that, that we were on the right path. I heard it come out of his own mouth. He said, but I know what the Bible says now. I know what God has said, and so I'm standing on, and he started quoting the verses to us. He started saying, because it says here, and because it says here, and because it says here, and what's he done? See, he now has a rhema, the manifestation for himself. Well... 
I mean, it got worse. It didn't get better. He had to wear an eye patch. And, but man, he kept going after this thing. And then he got to the doctor one, one week and the doctor said, I do not, I love when doctors say, I don't understand what's going on. And the doctor said, I don't know what happened, but he said, you're starting, this is starting to turn. It's starting to recover. And Gary got, his face was completely recovered, completely by the end of this. And he had, a, he had an absolute miracle that happened. Now, I know we all love the stories where like somebody has that problem, they come to the altar and you lay hands on them and man, bam, there it is, right? The, we all love the there it is miracle. Everybody here love the there it is miracle? I love the there it is miracle, man. I mean, just like, bam, there it is, you know? But we also know that there it is doesn't always happen all the time. So on our part, what we have to do is keep our heart ready for our there it is. Man, that was really good. Because see, that's where the enemy is working on you to take your there it is out. It's not going to happen. Remember when this happened. Remember how this went wrong. You know, I heard, and, and you know, it's really, I, I, I just think it's so incredible, these little minions of the enemy that come along and, want to tell you their story about how their there it is never came. Well, just because their there it is didn't come, that's not you. Right? That's not you. And there's and listen, I'm going to tell you right now that for every there it is that didn't happen, there's somebody who's got a story of a there it is that did happen. <laughs> you just need to go talk to the right people. You got to listen to the right people that have, that have, uh, you know, that there, there it is, man. You know, I mean, it's just, it just blows me away, you know, that because the enemy's sharp at this, because those words, it's just like when the doctor, what, what incredible timing. You are now at down to a 10% chance. When he started believing God, started, when he drew a well, he bucket out of the well. He's like, oh, I, it's not just logos. I'm going to believe for Rhema here. I'm going to have a word from God for me in my life to stand on. Most people, when we ask them, what are you, what is your word from God over this situation? Say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have one. And you cannot do battle. You cannot do battle with the general expression, but you can do battle with the manifestation of that word. Logos and Rhema are all God. They're all, it's all one, obviously. Water from a bucket and water from the well that's taken from the well. It's still all water from the well. It's still all well water, right? So it's the same with God. Jesus made a statement in Matthew 4, 4. He said this. I think this is, um, we've got that one. Yep. Uh, he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, which is rhema, not logos. Man shall live by every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. So you have the right, when you're believing God, to ask God to reveal his word to your heart. Now, here's, the, here's a couple of things that have to happen. One, you got to be around the well. Okay. You can't be 50 miles from the well and still saying, well, I need a bucket from the well. Get by the well. Get around the well. When you're around the well, you'll be able to draw a bucket from the well, a bucket of whatever's in that well. 
the same is true with the logos. God is that general logos expression. You got to be around. You got to be around the things of God, the Word of God. You you know people. I, I, I you know we we'll do it sometimes with our altar workers. We'll say if you need a scripture to stand on and you don't know where to go, because some people don't. You know when I when I became a Christian, and I was spirit filled, and I mean. And I loved the Lord, and I knew I was called to minister. Sharon will tell you, I didn't know any verses. We would, we were, when we were in Roma, Texas, and uh, I knew what God had called us to do. I didn't. She knew more Bible verses than I did, and I said, you know, we need to learn Mark eleven twenty three. We need to, we need to learn what Matthew eight. We need, to, and I, I would try to like read it once and quote it. Well, it didn't, didn't happen. I struggled. I mean, I, I know I quote a lot of verses. All those verses are just years and years and years and years and years of repetition and continuing to, to, to direct those. Because to me, that's how that rhema, that's how God takes that word in our lives and makes it truth to us. Because, see, it's one thing to read in your Bible a verse and even for you to say it. See, some folks think, well, well, if I just say it, then it'll be mine. That's not true either. Because just because you just have the bucket of water, you don't have, it's not... You have to ingest that water before it becomes a part of you. The Spirit takes the Word and makes it alive to us. He brings it personally to us. Any of you ever read any of Watchman Nee's books? Watchman Nee, I mean, he's intense. I mean, he's a, he is an intense writer. He has no many books that you can read in the bathroom. There's none. I mean, everything is his this thick. And it's very, he wrote a book called The Spirit Man, which is powerful. If you ever get a chance to to read it, but it's a, it's, I think that's the one you've read, right? Yeah, it's a very, a long time ago. It's a very thick book, but he talks in that book about how that the word has to become personal to you. It's one thing just to see what God has said. It's even another to say what God has said, but it becomes even more powerful to your life when what you're saying becomes God saying it to you. Do you follow that? So it's one thing to know what God has said. It's another thing to say what God has said. But it's another when you and I, when we know what God has said, he has said to us. See, I'm going to tell you that you can endure anything if you know that God has said something to you about getting through it. And that you're going to be all right. That everything's going to turn. Everything's going to turn. Jesus said that's what you will live by, is the rhema word, the manifestation of the word in your life that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's God speaking it directly to you. But you want to be in the same neighborhood so that when he speaks that, you want to be in that same neighborhood of word so that when that word comes to you, God's taking of the resources that you have and speaking to you. I've only had one time in my life, one time, where God spoke a verse to me that I did not know one time. And that was the day I got saved. When he spoke to me in the middle of the night, Luke 9, 23. I did not even know where Luke, I didn't even, he didn't even, you know, he didn't, <laughs> that was really funny about God because he quoted, he said the verse to me, but he didn't tell me where the verse was. So I, I guess he doesn't say, over in my book, Luke 9, 23, uh, no, he just said, if any man will follow me, it was like, the, like somebody was in the room, he must deny himself, 
take up his cross daily and follow after me. Look, I believed in the logos at that time in my life. In fact, the truth is, is every night I would lay in my bed and read two chapters out of my mother's wedding Bible. Got it in my office in here. Little, little tiny print. Most of the time when I would read it, I was drunk. But I believed in the logos. I believed in God. If you came up and said, there is no God, I'd say, no, no, there is a God. I believe in God. I believe he's real. But I'd still come home drunk and read my little chapters. out. I don't know how I did it because that prints so little. Um, thank God for good vision, you know. But, uh, man, I mean, I'd, and I'd sometimes would pass out reading those, reading those verses in the Bible. But just because I was reading those passages in the Bible, it did not impact my life until it became rhema. God took something that I did not realize, and he said, if any man will follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. At that moment, I knew that God was talking to me and that I needed to make a decision in my life to stop messing around and to, to just to sell, what we used to call sell out, you know, just sell out to the Lord. Just give myself completely to him. So that night I prayed, I cried, I said, God, I give you my life. I will deny myself. I'll take up the cross and follow after you. You know, it's really, I tell these stories, you probably think they're so strange, but there were still times I stumbled and fell, but it was always interesting. Like one night we were at a drive-in theater and we were all getting high as a kite. I mean, it was just big time party time in the car. And there was a church that was across the way from where the drive-in theater was. What'd they have out front? A lit-up cross. You know, that'll ruin your buzz because you're like, I'm like sitting there and all I'm thinking about is if any man, you said you'd take up your cross and follow me. Is that what you're doing right now? And I said, no. And I mean, I tell you, talk about ruining my night. And, but, but look, I'm glad. Thank God. I'm ruining it because I need to get out of that kind of lifestyle. That was just, I was heading down the toilet with that kind of lifestyle. So thank God that we were able to make that break from that. Man lives by every word, rhema, that proceeds from the mouth of God. Both logos and rhema are the word of God. The, the logos word is objectively recorded in scripture for you and I while the latter, the rhema word of God, is spoken to us at a specific occasion. I'm going to show you this in the scripture where this is at. All the rhema of God will always be based on the logos of God. It will be in his character's nature, his heart, okay? Logos is the objective word, and rhema is the subjective word, okay? Where the word becomes personal to you, to your life. Now, I know some of you that have been at this for a while, you can think of times in your life when maybe a scripture became like, bam, it hits you. It like really hits you. In fact, does anybody want, we're not, I think we're recording this, but does anybody want to share a verse where God really, I mean, he really, it became rhema to you. You just knew in the middle of a situation that, um, that's awesome. One idea that I think is really, that really works with this, if you've ever, um, like I said, I know I throw a lot of Greek words out, you know, and Hebrew words, but it helps me understand, you know, the root meanings of these because the Bible was not written in English. It was actually, you know, it's from the Greek. So we talked about logos, the, that the, when we have the 
in the scripture, the, the word word is logos or it's rhema. It's interesting when you have the word time in the scripture, all right, time. Um, the word time in the New Testament is translated as two different words. One is chronos, which is the clicking of the clock, the time, okay? Um, the other is the word kairos. Kairos. And kairos is totally different. Now, when you see the word time, you're going to see a lot of times this word kairos is going to be seasons in the scripture. But this is really cool because every time this word is used, it's God put his hand into something and changed it. Kairos is. Kronos is just time has passed by, you know, months, years. But Kairos is when God put his hand in and intervened in history, all right? It's the suddenlies. You know, when we read in the book of in Acts, it says that suddenly something happened. You know, suddenly God moved. Kairos is those moments when God intervenes into a situation and something, something is shifting, something has changed you know, a season. We're, it's so cool because like, you know, we're at a change, right? You know, today's the first day of fall, right? Now, we would base the day of fall pretty much off of Kronos because of the way that the, I don't know how everything lines up where we are in proportion to the sun, okay? But actually, Kairos would be more like, it feels like fall today, right? It's, this, this looks like fall. This, pretty soon the trees will turn now because it's like cold out. I'm thinking about my furnace running. I'm thinking about, you know, I mean, it's like thinking all these, because what's happening is, is that the season changed. Now, remember, just a couple of days ago, we were all running around in shorts and t-shirts or, or something close to that, right? Now, you're not out doing the same thing because there has been a kairos moment, a suddenly, and usually abruptly, these kairos moments come in the New Testament. So um, it just kind of helps because that idea of the same with word. Logos is that, that whole big picture, but rhema is that moment of God intervening or God stepping in or something became real to you. Uh, in Luke one thirty eight. And it talks about Mary and how that the angel appeared to her to conceive. And I want you to notice this in in, uh, verse 38. It says, And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the word there is rhema, not logos. Let it be to me according to this manifest word that you've brought to me. You know, that word wasn't for everybody, right? That word was for her. That word was for her. And so, let it be to me according to your rhema, the rhema, the manifest word that you brought to me. And as soon as she said that, her faith was completed and she she had given birth. The angel left and that was the last thing the angel, that was the last part that the angel played in it. So, I love what Kenneth Hagin said, faith is grasping the unrealities of hope, and bringing them into the realm of reality. That's what rhema does. Logos is the big picture, but rhema is when faith comes. It's, it, that's what happens is we, 
we have this like knowing in ourselves that it's God's, you know, like Dana said, that we're going to get through this, we're not giving up, or Kathy said, or Dakota, or Sharon, or, or Elizabeth. There's this knowing that happens. Now, how do we get ourselves into that place of knowing? you got to be around the well, period, okay? How do you get around the well with the logos? Well, you do it by talking about it. That's what Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law, shall not depart from your mouth. You'll meditate in it day and night um, and uh, that you'll observe to do according to all that's written therein. And then if you do it, what will happen? You'll have good success, right? And, and, and you'll prosper. The word will do what it's supposed to do. So here's how, here, you know, here's how things happen for us. Sometimes Sharon and I can be in a conversation about scripture where we're talking about what we're reading in our Bible or we're talking about a situation that we're dealing with. And while we're talking, all of a sudden, some verse that we have referenced, it's like we know there's something more to that than just we just talked about a verse. We feel the breath of the Holy Spirit in that. I, you say, well, what is that like? I can't, you, like one guy said, you know it in your knower. You just know it in your knower. You know that that, you just know it. It's like, and people are always like, well, how do I get myself into a place like that? Look, your job is to get around the well, start drawing buckets out of the well. The Holy Spirit will take that well, that bucket of water that you're putting into your life, just like he did for Gary, just like he did for all these. And he will breathe it into you and it will become life to you. It will become, it will become personal manifest to your life. Now, I'm done with my part for this section of it, but I, but I really encourage you that, that you've got to take the time to draw from the well. You have to take the time to draw from the well. But as you draw from that well, the Holy Spirit will take that in your life. So one way that we do that is like, what are you believing God for? What are you standing in faith for? What verses are you using what verses are you standing on those are your buckets those are the buckets you're drawing out of the that's where you're believing now as you draw that as you talk about it as you think about it the bible says as you lay on your bed at night and instead of worrying you're thinking about what the bible says instead of running all the scenarios of how things aren't working out that's real easy to do i get that but it's a discipline in our lives to think about what god says about it and as we do that, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the same inspiration that inspired it to be written, will breathe upon us and guide us into all truth. To guide us into all truth. So, well, I've got three or four verses I'm believing God for, you know, Pastor. Okay, so when was the last time you referenced them? Because, see, what I think you have to do for it to, to happen is, is that it's a day and night kind of a thing. Like, put it on your bathroom mirror or your makeup mirror, or whatever, I don't know, you know, do they do makeup mirrors anymore? I don't, I mean, whatever you do, put it someplace you're all, refrigerator, <laughs> right? <laughs> Dashboard at your car. One guy, Jerry Savelle talked about this one guy, he was so into it, he bought him a pair of glasses, and it had a stick on the front of it that held these <laughs> cards, and he would actually look at these verses while he was gardening. That's pretty crazy, man. He, 
but he was so serious. See, that's how committed we have to be to it. Now, you can hear all this and go, well, that's all real nice for other people. That don't work for me. Well, you know what? That's fine. You, you know, that's the thing. But I know to get out of where I was at, that's what I had to do. That's what worked, was believing God according to his word, getting by the well, drawing buckets out of the well, and then at some point along the way, that became life. I've had it happen during sermons. You're going to have an experience this weekend. Tony Cook's going to be here. Now, um, i got to stop, but Tony Cook is a, is a Bible teacher, okay? So I am not, I teach, but I'm a pastor teacher. Tony Cook is a Bible, t- he's a teacher. I mean, he's going to draw some really cool things out of Scripture when he's here. In the environment of the teacher, this is why people were so, Brother Hagin was a prophet, but he was a teacher first. When you listen to Kenneth Hagin, it's not what he's saying that's talking to you. It's what the Holy Spirit is saying while he's saying it. Because that's how God uses teachers. You know, it's like the old, the old, uh, the old example of the, pro- the, pa- the apostle, prophet, pastor, and teacher. The, the thumb is the apostle. It's the strongest part of your hand. The, the, the index finger is the, is the prophet because it points and directs. The middle finger is the evangelist because it reaches out the furthest. The ring finger is the pastor because he's all about love. But the little finger is the teacher because it's the only one that fits in your ear. Let's all stand. Did you get anything out of this tonight? This is awesome. I'm just thoroughly enjoying uh, having this time to, to teach the Word on Wednesday evenings. And Sharon's going to really get into dealing with some good stuff next Wednesday, talking about new creation, moving in and renewing our minds and the mental warfare that we have to do to, to break through. So it's going to be it's going to be awesome. She'll do a week, and then I'll come back and do another week, and uh, we'll just continue cycling through for the next, I think, 11, 12, 13. Sunday. It'll be snowing by the time we're done, okay? Yeah, something like that. Huh? Yes. Yes. Father, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Father God, Lord, we need a Kairos. I know there are people here tonight need a Kairos moment in their lives. There are things, Lord, that they just need, uh, Lord, to know that your hand is going to reach into this situation and change. There's going to be change. And some of it's pretty desperate stuff, Lord God. Some of it's with their health and their families, financially, Lord God. But, God, we know this, that, Lord, we know that all the power, all the authority is in the well. We know it's there. We know that, Lord, you are the well spring of life. Lord, we know that, Father God, all that what we need is not in the world, but it's in that, it's in that uh, reality of heaven. It's in what you have declared, Lord God, over us, for us in our lives. Now, Father God, as we draw from that well, as we draw Bible verses from that well and stand upon them, Father, I just thank you, Father God, that we will have those uh, intervention moments in our life where you breathe upon our hearts, Lord God, and make that manifest to us just as real as it was for Mary when she knew she said that let it be to me according to this rhema let that be to me may that be true for every person father God in this place tonight and I thank you for it Lord in Jesus mighty name amen God bless you thank you if you need prayer we'll be around there's some prayer altar workers here God bless you guys.